Hello, beautifuls. Welcome back to Her Sexual Space podcast. I am your host, Janice Leonard, licensed professional counselor and sex therapist here in Texas and Colorado. Before we get into today's episode, please note that while we aim for relevant and relatable topics to explore, these episodes are not a replacement or a substitute for your own relationship with a mental and or sexual health professional. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. In today's episode, we have Kelvin Pace. He is back for another bonus episode, and I am excited. In this episode, we're gonna focus our attention on all our butt stuff enthusiasts. We will discuss how to engage in pain-free and pleasurable anal play, and anal sex. I am so excited for this conversation. Believe it or not, this has been highly requested, and I love having these conversations with other professionals. So welcome to the podcast, Calvin. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? I am doing well, especially better now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to have you. And, you know, it seems like you're you're always making your appearance for bonus episodes. So I hope this is an exciting one for our listeners. And of course, this is a topic that is highly requested by both, you know, men and women. So I am excited to get into it. Yeah, so. literally, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how are you feeling today? Are you good? Very well. You know, um, I had a little late night last night, but like I said, this morning as well. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get right into it. So this episode is for all of our butt stuff enthusiasts and I think one of the things about um, anal sex, anal play is providing comprehensive and clear information about what that looks like. Um, Even for couples and singles alike, we get a lot of inquiries and questions about what is safe, you know, how to prepare. Of course, there are lots of myths about it. So people are always confused about, you know, especially in religious settings. Um, so I just wanted to have that conversation, of course, with you. Um, not that you're the expert at butt stuff, but <laughs> 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 but you, you know, you are an ASEC certified sex therapist. And I know maybe these things show up a lot in your office. So let's let's get into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is consent. We talk a lot about consent, especially around sex and all things, but let's talk about consent specific to butt stuff. How do we even start that conversation? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Consent is one of my favorite words. And so um, doing butt stuff, 
it's really important to get that consent beforehand. And we don't want to just come in and just like, oops, I slipped into the back door because that can traumatize your partner and they'll never want to um, play with you or uh, again, or it'll really hurt and they'll take some time to, um, for them to trust you again. So we want to make sure we get consent. And one of, and one way I found that getting consent early is, Hey, don't do it in the bedroom. Go out, have a cup of coffee, talk about sex outside of the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then once we get into asking, we can just, you know, come from it from a place of inquiry, you know, um, Mm -hmm. saying things like, hun, you know, um, I saw this. I'm interested in trying X, Y, and Z, and I'm interested if you would like to try it. So then that way it gives our partners the opportunity to say yes, no, or I'll think about it. Yeah. And what does that also look like for honoring boundaries, right? Because I know some people get a little butt hurt when, no pun intended, <laughs> yeah. but um, <laughs> when someone might say, well, I'm not into that or, you know, so I wonder in for maybe couples and partners, um, maybe also having ways to respond to that. Right. So I am thinking maybe, maybe that's a hard no for me, <laughs> or mm-hmm. maybe that is something I would love to be educated on. So maybe we can explore that one day. Right. So, you know, I just wonder, you know, maybe what, what that also looks like. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I, when you ask it the right way and you're with a partner that you're trust, that you're trusting and you're asking for consent or looking to explore or open up your sexual playbook. One of the things that I found is that sometimes hard no's aren't as hard as we would think they are. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they could be, they'll be more like, what? you know what, maybe I'm not interested right now, but maybe down the line, let me think about it. And you put it so perfectly. Let me research about it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, let me read about it and get an understanding for it before we uh, go that route. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, What about myths? So I feel like, and actually I didn't know there was so many myths about you know, anal sex. And I was talking with a friend and one of the things that came up was, you know, people who do that are likely to wear diapers. Um, there are myths about anal cancer. Uh, what are some, I wonder, you know, and even being stretched out. So I wonder like what, what myths maybe you've heard of growing up or even now, right. About exploring anal play and anal sex. Yeah, that main one um, that you're talking about, um, anal sex being able to cause incontinence and things like that, mm-hmm. um, it's just not enough evidence to support that myth um, in this day and age. And other myths that were um, that were floating around as I was hearing first time hearing about anal sex was that. Uh, only the person with the penis can orgasm from anal sex. If they're the perp- if they're the penetrator, they're the only ones that can um, orgasm. And the science is clear that that's not the mm-hmm. case because it can be pleasurable for men and women. 
um, men can have uh, more of a prostate orgasm through the penetration and women can have what they call the A-spot orgasm. And it's really the anterior fornix that is located about five to six inches in the vagina. So it's really deep, um, but it, it does help facilitate orgasm. Yeah. And I think also, you know, and of course we're not going to go deep into anatomy. That would probably take a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. But I think for many persons understanding the pleasure anatomy, the pleasure systems, um, you know, all of these nerves are connected. Um, mm-hmm. And also I think sometimes we, I think a lot of people think you just go straight into it. Right. And a lot of questions I get is about preparation and you know i guess we're we're going there already um yeah <laughs> how are you preparing to maybe receive or accept anything there and one of the things you can start with is massages maybe you do that for a very long time until you decide well maybe you want to try inserting something right so yeah. massages um you know there are fun toys that people use. Um, you, you know, you wear butt plugs and things like that to help relax and get, you know, the area prepared for any activity. Um, but mm-hmm. before we go into that, cause I'm, I'm jumping ahead with, yeah. <laughs> with that. Um, I definitely want to talk about safety and STI prevention. Cause of course, some of the myths around, you know, um, does include a lot about SDI. And I think with all sex things, that should always be part of the conversation. So what are some things maybe you explore with your clients or are you just your go-to advice about um, safety and, and STI prevention? You know, um, that'll be, that can be rolled up in that conversation about consent. If your partner's mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure, let's do it. It sounds hot. Let's do it. And we can do small things. There's small, um, we can do STI checks before we even get back into the bedroom or commit to it. Um, mm-hmm. There are several companies that offer um, at-home STI tests. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you can take it and you can send it back, get your results before we start moving in. But if it's in, of course, this is with partners that you do know and you don't know. So mm-hmm. we always want to make sure that that's set up. Mm-hmm. Um and with um, anal sex, there is a lot more um, opportunity for that tissue to tear and to transmit some, um, maybe some blood through micro tears um, or other bacteria that you can get from um, anal sex. And so you just want to make sure that you um, are wearing... You can wear a condom. Mm-hmm. If it's a partner, you know, I, I advocate for condoms because condoms can help lube. Um, and also with the warming up part, which you were alluding to earlier, is um, I like gloves. Us men do not make it to the manicurist <laughs> <laughs> like we should. Yeah. And so wearing a glove that's properly lubed um, can help warm up the area as well rather than trying to go in because those fingernails can cut and make it yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I can say that for people with 
clitorises too. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. think men, I, I'll just say it, men should get manicures. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> if for nothing else, for, for that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, there's one other thing too that, you know, we don't talk about enough is um, with anal sex is if you start at the at, at the butt or the anus do not go back to the vagina mm-hmm. it can carry a lot of um bacteria um such as e coli and other things hepatitis a hepatitis b um there can be you can definitely get a uti going that route so what we want to do is make sure that even if you're using a condom you're going um you're going from anus, you're not done with your sex play, wash up real quick, change condoms, and then go and um, you can go back into vaginal play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad you're bringing that up because what happens is because we don't have a lot of spaces for comprehensive sex ed, those are things some people just don't know, right? And, you know, that affects our vaginas in a lot of different ways. And thank you so much for, for sharing that. That's as important to note. Uh, let's maybe also highlight, um, you know, a lot of people have questions about what if I have the urge to poop or um, how do I even prepare, right? Because I think a lot of people assume that maybe they cannot sense it when they want to poop. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. So I, I wonder, because the thing is, if you're having, I don't think you would be having sex if you had the urge to go to the bathroom, yeah. right? <laughs> well, sometimes it can put pressure on that sphincter down there and mm-hmm. it can give us that urge. That urge. To, yeah. yeah. And so more into that prepping stuff is, mm-hmm. well, um, if you don't mind if I go back just a second. Of course. Yeah. The number one prep is connection with your partner mm-hmm. and trust yeah. because that really helps us warm up um, taking a warm bath prior to starting mm-hmm. um, uh, anal play. You alluded to earlier using butt plugs, beads, and those types of things really help using our fingers help. And, and once we're warmed up or preparing before we get warmed up is being able to eat a healthy diet, drinks a lot, so drink a lot of water if you're worried about a mess happening. Um, and also you can use um, like a bulb syringe just to clear out your lower tract. I wouldn't stick it super far up in your body. Yeah. Um, as far as taking like X-lax or enemas or things like that that's mm-hmm. going to make laxatives that's going to make you go to the bathroom. I really wouldn't suggest that for your play. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't suggest adding any chemicals to your rectum if you're looking yeah. to play. So just water. Mm-hmm. Just water is fine. Good. Also, one of the things I know for sure is, you know, especially around... Um, and I guess we're going back to safety <laughs> tips mm-hmm. here. Um, make sure you don't have any active hemorrhoids, right? That is something that doesn't get a lot of talk about. But I know even from being pregnant, we can get plagued with with hemorrhoids. So you want to make sure that 
you have no active ones. Um, you know, there are no issues back there yeah. that can cause um, pain or that can rupture. Yeah, for sure. You, you want to make sure it, and it's, and it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, trying to have sex at, um, with the active hemorrhoid or um, other things that are going on. We want to make sure that we're in the most comfortable spot that we can be in. Because sometimes if it's your first time doing anal play, it can be somewhat painful. Is it painful mm-hmm. all the time? No. Um, every butt's different, so <laughs> it's depending on who you are, if it's going to be painful all the time. But you want to make sure that you're as comfortable as possible and making sure that you're um, make, uh, that, that you're, you're healthy down there your mm-hmm. tissue is healthy um yeah yeah okay i'm just looking at all of the questions that i've i've received um let me see so i think a lot of the conversation that i'm having with the people around me is how to communicate it so even in the midst of it and i guess we're going to communication how do you and I, and I think that should be general for all types of sex and play. We should be able to say if something feels good, if it doesn't feel good, let's change this position. Um, and I think that applies here too. You know, I think we're just extending it to all types of play. Um, but what I find is that sometimes there is some difficulty communicating. And yes, you know, that's kind of goes back to connection and consent and all of these things, because I think once you have that, it might be easier to communicate because that is necessary here. If something is hurting you, you need to say, let's pause for a while, or, you know what, this is becoming uncomfortable, something to that nature. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and as a responsive lover, listening to our partners and i know it can become it can be like hey i'm so excited we're trying something new but if your partner says hey i'm hurting stop that's part of consent and so what we're going to do is just be super responsive Mm -hmm. super caring and gentle when we're pulling um away and not to go into this place where now we're empowering our partners to be able to say Hey, that hurts. Let's slow down. And if we're gentle with our partners, it opens up a space for connection. It opens up space for um, wanting to try again because they can trust you to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for that. Um, let's talk about lubrication because there are specific things there that people need to know. You know, first of all, spit is not. Blue. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say that. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, it is definitely not a lube. Um, so, when we talk about lubrications, I think people should go out and get the lubrications that work for them the best. Um, however, when we're talking about anal sex, sometimes um, silicone lubrication is the best and it doesn't matter what brand like i said it's mostly what you choose but silicone tends to last a little bit longer and it creates more of a um it creates less friction mm-hmm. and so especially if we're starting and stopping if we're like easing our way into anal sex having amples and amples amounts of um 
a silicone lube, silicone based lube, it, it'll help out. Now, mm-hmm. there is water based. Water based is great. It's great for vaginal sex because we're not going to need um, as much of that lubrication point. Sometimes mm-hmm. we do, but it's um, but it doesn't last quite as long. And so you may be looking at a little bit more mess with silicone lubes because it can feel a little bit more sticky and things like that yeah um and then if we're using toys so we um if people are using anal toys to play with that are that new age silicone we want to be careful about using silicone lube because it can damage the toy yeah so sometimes a hybrid lube will work great um, I just be mindful of um, the toys that you're using because those toys are expensive. $150 yeah. a pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've heard recommendations for the glass ones. Um, yes. Just, yeah, just for additional safety precaution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If, if we're using... Um, if we're using the... Uh, and the glass is awesome because it's non-porous. Um and they also have the metal ones. And if you're using butt plugs or, and you want to make sure you're using um, a loop in a toy that has a handle, that yes. has a stopper. Yes, for has a stopper. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've heard so many ER stories about yeah. things that are stuck in people's butts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You don't want it to get, create any suction and to come up into your body. Mm-hmm. And so, just making sure they have those stoppers. But then we also have um, folks that you like using strap-ons and mm-hmm. um, for anal sex. And when, because um, you can be, you can peg your partner. And even when you're pegging your partner, still making sure that that's well lubed as well. Mm-hmm. Great points. And also noting that, you know, the anus is not, you know, it's not self-lubricating like, you know, most vaginas are. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely making that part of your preparation toolkit, you know. Um, I think sometimes people, you know, don't realize the purpose of lube and and, and how it can really make things a little bit more pleasurable for their partners. Um, So just making sure we we say that as well. Yeah, I I love that. Anal play toolkit, and yeah. and, <laughs> yeah. and some of those things, like you said, is the lube. Um, there's going to be a mess sometimes. We don't know when or how, but it, it's not always perfect. We're, we have human bodies; we make messes, and yeah. so having mm-hmm. cleanup stuff on standby, mm-hmm. um, a towel. If you're really averse to messes, that's where a condom mm-hmm. could also come into play as well. Mm-hmm. I also like dental dams, so that could be part of um, mm-hmm. the, you know, anal toolkit. You know, I think. Oh yeah. For uh, rimming and you know tongue play, that could be really good there too. Yes, and and that's a and you know when you're bringing that up, rimming and tongue play, um, the perineal zone. Um, between the anus and the bottom opening of the vagina or between the anus and the yeah. bottom of the scrotum, we that is a very sensitive area mm-hmm. where we could do some um, tongue play, which will help warm us up for anal sex. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. So let's talk about, you know, relaxation. So you have talked a little bit about, you know, we can take, you know, showers with our partners. I think having, you know, lots of pleasant conversation before even getting started, right? And it doesn't have to be just, you know, and of course we expect the consent to happen, but just that connection piece, that warm up piece, you know, that foreplay into getting to that place. Um, what other relaxation techniques um, would you recommend um, as maybe a couple is deciding to explore this for the first time? Um, getting aroused mm-hmm. is a great relaxation technique. Maybe um, if you guys watch some porn together, but if you're not, if porn's not your thing, listening to some erotica youtube has some great erotica on there that you can just pull up even spotify i noticed recently like there's a whole like playlist of podcast type thing (laughs) yeah Yeah. by getting that or hitting that arousal zone getting warmed up prior can really not only um warm you up for the encounter, but it also can help build that connection with the partner as well. Mm-hmm. We're doing those things together. We're touching each other, mm-hmm. kissing, doing all those things to help us move into the mood of playing with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love touching. And, and as you talk about, I'm thinking, you know, glute massages, butt crack massages, mm-hmm. you know, there are special techniques, um, that can be used. Um, I saw uh, Dr. Celeste talk about the prayer uh-huh. hands down the butt yes. crack. That's one way to just relax the butt. Um, and even like, you know, of course, rimming, um, you know, massaging with a finger, maybe inserting mm-hmm. it a little bit, but you always mm-hmm. want to check in with your partner. Um, is this good? Are you comfortable? You know, maybe share with me when it becomes uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah. you know, com- once again, communication is going to be important yeah. throughout the whole process. Um, yeah. And even like I talk about tipping with, with fingers, but tipping with your penis or um, a toy, you know, some people try out vibrating butt plugs before mm-hmm. they actually yep have anything else in there. Um, and combining, I think also combining the pleasures, right? So you can add on some clitoral stimulation, um, massaging while you're doing that. So I think just getting all of (laughs) the pleasure nerves activated, um, could also be good. Um, yes. In the six, and the sex toy industry is so innovative yes. because they <laughs> because they do have anal and um, clitoral stimulators at the uh, that do everything at the same time, yeah. and so leaning into those that helps warm up. When I'm thinking about hands, um, some of the things that we have right at our disposal is like you said, the rimming, but taking that warm hand and placing it around um, the anus for a a warm up without even penetrating Mm -hmm. can be very erotic as well. And grabbing a butt cheek. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That can be intense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so those really help um, with the warm up. Mm -hmm. 
So I love, you know, just the idea of integrating toys as just a part of relaxation and also setting the mood. So when we think about, you know, relaxation, I also think about, you know, the space I'm in, you know, is it comfortable? Um, you know, maybe having some type of scented something, whether we use oils or there's a candle. Um, I think just setting the whole mood can be helpful. I don't know for other women, I speak for myself here. Um, I definitely flow with, with the mood, um, and the space that I'm in. That's kind of connects me to the, the experience that I'm having. Yes. Um, and another part of that mood and sexy sounds is your partner's voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. integrating some dirty talk. Yes. Um, I know there are um, ways that we can teach or learn how to do dirty talk so it doesn't come off as awkward. So sometimes mm-hmm. we have to practice a little bit mm-hmm. to get into it. But um, yeah, the, yeah. Um, integrating that voice into it can help do wonders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even just, you know, while you're communicating throughout, I'm thinking whispering, right? You know, yes. you know, whether you like this, you know, if you're not liking that, you know, that's definitely an element <laughs> you know, yeah. that adds to the experience. Also, I was thinking positions, right? Um, one of the positions I've been, I guess, not taught, but I've noticed that most people talk about is the fetal position, especially for the first time sideways that might be Mm -hmm. a great place to start. Um, Do you have any experience or any professional advice on, on positions? You know, fetal position is great. And also because it helps bring um, the knees up to the chest Mm -hmm. and to give a little bit of exposure. If fetal, full fetal position isn't something that folks are comfortable with, they can do a partial fetal position. They can leave one leg down and bring up their knee that is on top Mm -hmm. up a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. And then we also have, you know, um, doggy style which is um great for what we're for what we're talking about if things started to hurt a little bit it makes it easier for the person that's being penetrated to pull away if they can to give them a little bit more sense of control and um another position there can be some solo play um when you're prepping yourself and so um they do have some um some butt plugs that have suction cups on them where we can sit down and people, you can sit down on it, but you want to be really gentle with yourself on that um, as far as that position. Once you start to become more experienced, then it just kind of opens up to um, your preference of what you like and what positions that you like, because there's a lot of positions that'll be able, you'll be able to access once you become a little bit more, um, like I said, experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for that. And just to also touch on, you know, I know for a lot of persons, um, and it, it has come up a lot in even sex therapy trainings, not using any numbing creams, right? Because our body, we need to be able to listen to our bodies when this is happening. Mm-hmm. And even during 
any type of, we need to be able to be aware of what's happening and when our body is experiencing any type of pain. So not using any numbing stuff, right? Yeah. You, and you really don't want to go into, cause it, it, there's also transference as well. Mm-hmm. And so if your partner is using their penis to penetrate, um, and both of you guys are feeling numb, one, it kind of deadens the sensation that we're experiencing, but two, um, sometimes if we go in and we're feeling numb, um, it, sometimes it may make it difficult to realize the resistance of that's going on with our partner. And what I mean by that is we start to penetrate faster, mm. harder, mm. and sometimes our partners may not be up for that. Yeah. Just thought we'd cover numbing stuff. Anything yeah. else? Well, aftercare. So I think talking about the toolkits, um, that does bring up a little bit of what aftercare can also look like. So having, um, you know, just having towels and cleaning up stuff and also maybe also taking a shower again together. Um, I think after something so intense, you know, that connection after is important. Yeah, we we if if we're not wearing condoms, then some of the discussion that we have about is about you know um, men ejaculating inside of the anus. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be its own mess as well. Mm-hmm. And so just being prepared for that, going to the bathroom for cleanup. Cleanup is so important. So then that way we don't have any um, transfer of bacteria. Mm-hmm. But then that aftercare of just sitting with each other, being present with each other, showing gratitude to each other, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Especially if our partners made us feel safe and also for the fact that our partner saying, hey, I would love to explore this with you. Mm -hmm. Can really go a long way, can increase the yum factor (laughs) and the curious factor for next time if we want to try something new in the bedroom. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Any other tips for couples and partners who are wanting to explore this? I I would say definitely read up on some books if you want. If you're a reading person, Mm -hmm. um, Tristan Termino, um, they have two great books, like The Ultimate Guide to Anal Sex for Women. And... uh, the anal sex position guide where you can get more positions um, available. And then Allison and Marizan and um, Charlie Glickman wrote a book called the ultimate guide to prostate pleasure. Mm. And so that way, you know, you can experience different ways to have um, orgasms and and that's one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is that anal sex can produce orgasms for both men and women. Yeah. So, and the one last thing on positions is that I, you said it beautifully, adding toys where you can do clitoral stimulation um, while that's, while anal sex is happening can intensify the experience as well. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like we've touched a lot of the, you know, of course the general basics. Um, but I do, like you said, of the books, 
encourage persons to do um, their own sex ed, um, education around it, of course, books. But the Velvet Box DFW does a really good job. um, And of course, it can be accessed uh, worldwide, I think. Um, They do have um, a booty basics class. The classes are usually about 10 bucks. Um, But if you want to do the replay, which I think is great for a date night, um, there are lots Mm -hmm. of different sex ed topics, anything that you'd want to add to your, your... relationship or your, you know, your sexual repertoire. <laughs> um, there are lots of different classes and booty basics is, is actually a really good one to start with. If this is something that you need to be more educated on, or, you know, you just want to understand, um, the pleasure anatomy, um, a little bit more because mm-hmm. she really goes in depth with, with that. Yeah. Yeah. And remember to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> and it's okay to laugh. I think sometimes we take yes. sex so serious. <laughs> yes, for sure. You know, I, I always, I, you know, when I'm with my clients, I, I ask them, where is your little scientist, right? Where is this curiosity that you used to have? Like, hey, let's try this. Mm-hmm. Do you want to try? Oh, that didn't work. Okay, so let's try something else. So many times we take... Um, non-successful sexual acts as a personal mm-hmm. piece yeah. that if we just relax and say, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something else mm-hmm. and let's move on. Yeah. yeah, I think it is really important mm-hmm. to healthy sex lives. Yeah. And I think the couples who get that are the ones who probably the most successful ones and you know, we really enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. But I wonder in your office, when stuff like that comes up, what are the common themes um, around it? So is it maybe a little bit of stigma? Is it not knowing how to? I wonder, what do you feel like you, you're having to unpack or educate the most? The largest stigma that I, I, I see in the office is um, usually from my cisgender heterosexual males that um, think butt play for them guides their sexual orientation. They think, well, I'm heterosexual. I don't like butt play. I don't want to engage and play in that. Mm-hmm. And sexual acts don't define your orientation. And so when we're working and they're like, you know, maybe a partner will come in she'll be like, hey, you know, I want to try to pick my partner. And, or I'd like to try to give my partner a prostate or, or, um, orgasm. There are some resistance because these guys think that, well, does that make me gay? Yeah. No, it, it doesn't. It's a sexual act. It's, it's, it's a behavior. Um, it's not an orientation. Yeah. And so once they get those myths out of their head and we start working towards uh, opening up the, the um, yum factor or the curiosity again, then some of these men are like, yeah, 
let, let's give that a try. Mm-hmm. Some folks, though, they're like, no, eh, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard amazing <laughs> feedback from men who have actually explored a little bit of prostate uh-huh. stuff and as well as butt stuff. I think for a lot of them, it's it's not knowing that that pleasure existed there, you know? And of course, some of them are in heterosexual relationships and that's something people can enjoy. Um, but there's just a lot of stigma. And, and I wonder for you, where do you feel like a lot of that comes from? Oh, so many things. I, you know, I think it's a lot with, you know, this this kind of patriarchal mindset that if you're being penetrated, then you're less than. Mm. And, and it just boggles my mind that um, how we carry, still carry some of those yeah. messages. I understand where they came from, but to keep carrying those messages is, is, is proof of how strong that system is alive and well in our community. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, any final words, any final words for our listeners? You, of course, you've given us some book recommendations. Um, so I just wonder any final thoughts. Yeah. Just getting back to that fun factor, mm-hmm. exploring, um, and just taking the time of understanding who you are as a sexual being mm-hmm. and connecting with that space. Mm-hmm. So have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have fun. And I think also remembering the key things, you know, consent, of course, that's also wrapped up in communication, um, lubrication, and also relaxation. So I love the idea of mm-hmm. adding sensations, setting the mood. Um, just getting all your senses involved in in what's happening and um, just enjoying it and just making sure we are giving feedback and we're constantly checking in with our partners. Are you liking this? Is this becoming uncomfortable? Let me know. Or even having a safe word just for that, um, mm. you know, these moments when, you know, <laughs> you don't want to use a lot of <laughs> words, but you want to make sure that you are communicating strongly um, when something needs to stop or when it's becomes painful. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That, that's excellent. You know, it just reminds me, I was talking to some clients about, um, what it, what makes a good Dom mm-hmm. and, and with BDSM and kink and a good Dom is going to be confident in caring, mm-hmm. not aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, I gave them an example of what that looks like. And it's if, if you've watched some doms or some scenes performed, they're checking in with, with their partner. They're saying, Hey, are you okay? Would you like more? Can we keep going? Right. If, would you like for me to stop? And, and what you just said, I think it translates across all of our sexual experiences. If we're checking in with our partners. But in a way of, with a confidence to keep going and to have that um, confident sexual experience, not in a way that's going to take away from that sexual experience, if you feel me. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Kelvin. As always, it's a pleasure talking with you on these topics on all things sexual health. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on socials, and leave us a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can check out our new website at www.hersexualspace.com or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Sexual Space and Her Sexual Space Podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Bye.